Montfail Muse, stories that connect. Hello and welcome to the first Montfail Muse episode of 2021. I'm your host, Joe DeProspero, and it goes without saying that 2020 was one for the ages. Where it was often a challenge to stay upbeat and maintain a positive outlook due to so much change and adversity, and situations that had never presented themselves before such as me, my wife, my three kids, and our hyperactive dog all being under the same roof for long stretches of time. I think one of them is standing outside the door waiting for a snack, actually. But no matter what our living situation is, we've all had to adapt to a different way of constructing our day. How to do our jobs effectively, and then how to disconnect effectively from those jobs when we need to. So since one of our goals in this podcast is to energize and inspire our colleagues with varied perspectives and stories, Why not start off 2021 with a person who, for me, exudes positive thinking? Gail Smith-McCarthy is our guest today, and you've probably seen or heard her at a KPMG BRG event, sharing a story or asking a question. She's big on questions. Gail is a people connector, a relentless networker, and I believe provides the kind of perspective we need as we head boldly into 2021. So I recently talked with Gail about the chance encounter that brought her to KPMG by way of organic networking, why she says hot yoga reminds her so much of her job, and the importance of being comfortable being uncomfortable. Gail, thank you so much for joining us. I like to think of you and I as kindred spirits, um, though we don't know each other exceptionally well, I think we're getting there, uh, in the way that we manage... Um, to involve ourselves in so many things around campus, a lot of initiatives around campus engagement. We kind of lean into our quirkiness a little bit. I know that much about you already. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) And uh, we've also taken what some may call kind of non-traditional career paths, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, So could could you start us off today by talking a little bit about who you are and what you do for the firm? Sure. It's a very timely question, actually, because I just recently changed roles, but I'm now part of the KPMG Business School, which is obviously known as KBS, and I'm helping with the learning transformation. And obviously, that's a very broad task, and I'm sure it'll morph with emerging needs as time goes on, but right now, it involves shades of project management, change management, and solutioning, and those, to me, are all exciting things. So it's a great time, great time to be here. So, Gail, you did something before leading up to this podcast that no guest had done before, and I think I'm going to demand that all future guests do this. Unprovoked, you sent me a list of 30 random crazy facts <laughs> about you, and I thought, wow, this is a really interesting way to get to know somebody, and it was peppered with interesting things about you. I now know that you are known as Question Girl um, <laughs> yes. by your husband, and I also know that you are the, I believe, the second ever Verizon customer. Yes, and maybe now the, the first or the oldest in terms of longevity Verizon customer. And it was a random way that I found this out. I happened to be calling. This was at least 10 or 15 years ago now. I called for something, and, and the, the agent I was speaking with, he was looking at my records, and he said, huh, well, that's interesting. You, you have the second oldest account here. And I said, well, thanks for that information. Does that, does, do I get a commercial or anything? But uh, yeah, I mean, I started off with 9X when it was 9X, and then with all the mergers, now it's Verizon. But So I might be the oldest account. I don't know. Fascinating. So <laughs> I mean, that tells me the communication is essential for you, as it is for most. Um, it, so has been the power of networking, and yes. it, it's an essential part of anyone's career. How critical has it been to your career? And can you give an example of how actively networking has uh, led to an opportunity? It's, it's funny because 
people tell me that they think I'm a really great networker and they, they associate my, my name with networking and maybe they think I was just born networking out of the womb. But the funny thing is I never really thought much about networking or its power until shortly before joining KPMG. So, I mean, my career is 20 plus years now and I joined KPM, KPMG about five years ago. So I hadn't thought about it. And, and the whole reason it came to be was at my previous company, my position was eliminated. So I was working on my job search strategy and doing some research around how to go about it. And I found out then that about, I don't know, 80 to 85% of jobs these days are found through networking. And to me, that was shocking. I mean, I hadn't really been out on the job search path for so long. It was the whole game had changed. And um, when people think about networking, you know, I like to say it's not ballrooms and business cards, because I think that concept would make anybody shudder. Uh, Even good networkers, um, I particularly don't like those environments, but it's just really about having conversations. It's about connecting with people, letting them know who you are and learning about them. And it's not even always about what jobs are open, even though Sometimes you may be actually interviewing without meaning to be interviewing or knowing that you're interviewing. A great example that I love to share is how I actually ended up here at KPMG. And as a spoiler alert, it does not involve ballrooms or business cards, but it involves yoga, which I really love to do. And what happened was during a conversation with one of my yoga instructors, it just came up in passing that I was between jobs. No big deal. That was kind of the end of it. And then several weeks later, we were talking about it again before class. And she said, oh, well, you know, where did you used to work? And I told her, and she said, oh, that's, that's a pretty big company. And she pointed to the woman on the mat next to mine, and she said, well, you should talk to her because she works for a very big company too. And it was kind of a little awkward because, you know, it's almost like when your grandmother was like, oh, I have somebody I want you to meet around the dinner table. And you're like, uh, okay. Um, you're also on yoga mats at this point. <laughs> yeah, we're in yoga mats. So, you know, double the awkwardness. So the woman, hap- the, the woman on the mat happened to work at KPMG at the time. And so after class, we had a brief chat, and she was more than willing to help me explore uh, opportunities within the firm. And much later, after I had, maybe after I had come on board, she, she told me that something about the way I carried myself struck her, and she just knew that I'd be a good fit with the firm, with the culture, and, and that I would also um, be a good I guess, champion for her own brand. Because obviously when you're helping somebody in that way, you're kind of putting yourself on the line as well. So, you know, I didn't realize I was having that kind of impression or, or any, I mean, I was just there to get myself through pigeon pose, you know? So it wasn't like I was trying, but this is what I mean when I say that networking, it's just, it, it's, it's very organic. It doesn't have to be something where you're formally going into a situation where you mean to introduce yourself to however many people. You just kind of connect with people. And if I hadn't been open with my yoga instructor, letting her know that I was between jobs, she wouldn't have given, put me in that awkward situation of saying, hey, you should connect with this person. But it really is all about just connecting. It's kind of in a roundabout way saying the, the age-old expression, it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Right. I think it's in a different way. It's saying it's, it's more about taking what you know and putting that on display to who you know. Right. And then that would lead, that's what leads to opportunity. That's what I'm hearing there. It's true. And, and one thing that I do want to point out is that, to me, networking shouldn't be all about what people can do for you. It's understandably part of that, depending on, on what, you're, what you're out there for. But it shouldn't ever be the whole picture. And just a quick sidebar example, to kick off this new year, I reached out to all of my external LinkedIn contacts just to say, 
hey, how you doing? What's going on? Just to see how people were doing. So I didn't have any agenda. It's just I hadn't spoken with some of those people in probably a number of years. And I was just curious. So, you know, let me see how they're doing. So it was really a beautiful exercise because people respond. Actually, people are still responding. I mean, it's months later and they're still responding. But, you know, people respond and they tell me what's going on in their lives. And I was able to share in their lives through that. And where I'm going with this story is in many of those cases, I was able to identify opportunities where I was able to help them to provide them or someone they know with some type of help. And to me, that was the most rewarding part of the whole thing was to be able to not only reconnect with people, but also to put myself out there and find opportunities to help them or somebody they knew to get something that they were looking for. So it's fantastic. How have you approached the challenge of of taking on a new role that was just created uh, with no history or or a barometer for success to go by, et cetera? Is it scary? Is it freeing? Can you talk about that? Absolutely. I mean, for me, it's kind of a way of life. And I mean that quite literally. Um, As I said, my professional career has spanned over 20 years now, and I have never occupied a role that has been occupied by somebody else before me. So my roles have always been newly created roles. And to me, it's exciting. It's it's like a blank piece of canvas. I mean, obviously, there are boundaries because the canvas has an edge, but you have lots of room within that to do what I like to call playing jazz. So when you think about like a jazz band, there a lot of times there's no sheet music. They're just kind of doing things and, and experimenting. And so I think it, it becomes a dance between the business needs and also the skills and the interests that you bring to the table to kind of help to shape the position and, and build that path as it goes along. So it's it's more liberating to me than anything else. And whenever I step in, you know, you were asking, is it scary or not? And whenever I step into these new roles, I think back to the fact that the decision makers had the confidence in me to feel that I was the person who could do the job. So what might have been otherwise fear turns into taking their confidence in me to say, well, you know, they they think I can do this, so I must be able to do it. So let me go and make it happen. Um, So yeah, that's, it's, I I really love new roles and kind of that, that gray area and that, that unknown. Let's take a minute now to hear from Chris Salenka, one of the many colleagues Gail regularly reaches out to and checks in with for his perspective on Gail's impact on his well-being. Gail has always been a person I can confide in or just talk to about what's new in my world. Whether in person or virtual, she's always made a point to reach out. And honestly, sometimes it's these pulse checks that remind me to stop and put in the thought how I really am doing. It means a lot to have a friend like Gail. And when I see a message from her waiting for me in my inbox, it brightens my day and reminds me that I have someone in my corner who cares about me. Saturday, 7 a.m., yoga. Why does that remind you of your job at KPMG? And and also, how do you get up that early on a Saturday? <laughs> well, um, I, I guess I've become an early person. If, if I had gone back to visit my 20-year-old self and told myself, hey, you're going to be an early morning person, I probably would have slapped <laughs> nope, myself. I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have believed myself. Um, but I, I just, I like seizing the day. But yeah, that, that Saturday morning yoga class, it's a hot yoga class, so It's funny the thoughts that come through your mind when you're in a room that's heated up to 106 degrees and there's sweat pouring down your face and running in your eyes and you're trying to balance on one foot and keep from falling over. But funny enough, I do think about the parallels of work when I'm in that torturous position. Um, But 
and and one of the parallels, which is funny, is the fact that I actually start work every day at 7 a.m. So it kind of just goes along with the with the general work theme. Makes sense, though. But uh, one of the obvious ones, and I, w- I won't spend too much time on it, but flexibility. You know, when people think of yoga, they think of flexibility, and and that is key. I myself will never be a pretzel, no matter how much yoga I do. I just don't think my body was built for that. But there are different ways to be flexible. And I think for me, it's mental flexibility. You know, when there are, we talked about those new positions where you kind of have to shape shift a little bit and morph with, with things and roll with things. Um, you know, you need that flexibility in, at work to, to make certain things happen. Um, so three examples from that class and from yoga in general that I'll offer up is it takes effort to show up anywhere at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning, uh, let alone that place where it's going to be hot and sweaty and you're going to torture yourself 26 different ways. But at the end of that class, when you're lying on the mat and you're just recharging and letting all that, that energy kind of flow back into yourself, nothing beats that feeling of knowing the work that you've just put in for 60 to 90 minutes and the fact that you struggled through it. I mean, there are plenty of times when I'm starting off the class like, oh, why am I here? I could be in bed or at least, you know, not here. But really, so too at work, there may be times when I know I'm headed into a challenging day. But I say, dig deep, go in swinging and go down swinging pretty much, you know, like just put your maximum effort out there. And at work or at hot, sweaty yoga, it's really just all about showing up and giving it my best shot. Gail, I think you make a lot of great points there, and particularly one that resonates with me is the idea of mental flexibility and how it is very different than physical flexibility. Because I remember doing the physical challenges in junior <laughs> high school, and they did the sit and reach. We had to sit down and then reach and try to try to touch your heels, and yeah. I was, it's always in the negatives. Yeah, it's not happening. It's but just not happening. Different thing than being me- mentally flexible. Absolutely. So the second example has to do with a different type of yoga. It's called yin yoga, and it involves holding your poses for three to five minutes, which sounds agonizing. But one of the things the instructor always starts off with is saying, allow yourself to sink into the pose. You don't need to get to your edge right away. And the edge is kind of like the ideal end state where you're, you know, you're kind of striving for. And this is particularly relevant for me right now since I recently started a new role because I'm the type of person who likes to be, I like to know everything. I like to be independent and I like to always be adding value with what I'm doing. So it's a bit of a helpless feeling at the beginning when you don't know everything and you can't know everything because you're new. And so you're relying on people to to know what to do next and, and that type of thing. But just like the yoga guidance, I've learned to allow myself that time to get into the pose. And I've accepted that it's not going to happen right away. But as long as I'm making the consistent effort to get to that end state, it will happen. And there's just no substitute for putting in the work. So, you know, when I'm settling in towards that edge in the new space, I just seek out ways to add value, use the existing skills that I bring to the table. So in yoga, I'll be focusing on my breathing or trying to relax my mind or what have you. But, you know, I'm, I'm still doing something while I'm getting into that, t- towards that edge. So that's, that's the second example. And then the, the third one is during guided meditations, which happen usually at the end of, of certain classes. And, you know, you're supposed to be focusing and all mindful, but my mind does not shut off that easily. So there are some classes where I will daydream my way through the entire thing because I just can't focus. But the instructor usually starts off by saying, if a thought comes into your mind, acknowledge it, 
and then let it go. Because I think a lot of times we, we end up saying, oh, man, I'm supposed to be focusing and I, I can't. And then you're kind of fighting it because I think we all have these times when maybe you say something wrong in a big meeting or something went wrong on a project or you get feedback you weren't expecting to hear. I mean, these things happen. And uh, there was a time when I would dwell on it. Even if that was the only thing that went wrong in a sea of things that went right that day. But now I use a different strategy, which is I just let myself feel whatever feelings there are. And I take whatever lesson there was to learn. And that's the acknowledging part. And then I tell myself, you know, in a week, this probably won't be anywhere on your radar screen. You're not going to be dwelling on this. And that's the let go part. So I think it's easy to just keep beating yourself up unnecessarily. But it's just better to, you know, allow it to be what it is and then just move on and, you know, other things will happen. There's a line from a Bruce Springsteen song, and I always go back to it, and it says something like, um, one day we'll look back on this, and it will all seem funny. And I, I always go back to that, because it's like things, you know, they may seem bad now, but just move on, because there's so many other things to, to that will happen that will just erase that. So those are my, my three yoga examples. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gail, uh, we talked about your mental flexibility and you're going to have to exercise that mental flexibility right now. Uh-oh. It is time for the lightning round portion of the podcast. <laughs> uh, a lot of people like this, and I think it's because they like to watch people squirm. <laughs> That's just me. Seven questions with five seconds to answer each one. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. What's the first job you ever had? I was cleaning the kiddie pool at my local park. Most famous person you've ever met? Rosa Parks. Do you have any nicknames now or growing up? Oh, where do we begin? Um, besides Question Girl? Uh, goodness gracious. Gail Girl, I guess. Some of my friends call me Gail Girl. <laughs> Conference room 22C15D. Can you tell me exactly where that is located? 22C15D. I want to say it is up. It's, is it next to L? Is it like near the restrooms? Close enough. <laughs> What's your go-to snack? Cheese, apples, almonds, and crackers. Good combination. Coffee, tea, or none of the above? Decaf tea. Favorite quote? What quote sticks with you? Oh, that's the wrong thing to ask me. I love quotes. I have so many. Um, List a couple. One is, do what you love and the resources will follow. One that I kind of coined for myself is the mind leads, and I guess we'll stick with those two. I like it. I like both of them, or all of them. It gave, you, gave us a lot to work with. So, so Gail, this has been great. On behalf of everybody on our virtual campus, I, I appreciate all you do. I appreciate the check-ins. I appreciate you providing that spark for others when we need it. And more than anything, I appreciate the positive force that you are in Montvale. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for joining Thanks for listening to the Montfail Muse. If you'd like to nominate yourself or a colleague to be a guest in the podcast, please contact me at jdeprospero at kpmg.com. We'll see you next time.